Let's open the word of the Lord. Praise God. We're going to read Psalms 23, verse 1 and 2. And then we're going to go to John 7, verses 37 and 38. Appreciate uh, Minister Tony last week. He shared um, on the Lord is my shepherd on the third verse. I'm, not go I'm going to go now to the second verse. Because there's some things I need to share with you today briefly about the second verse. But thank you, uh, Minister Tony, for that, that wonderful message. I wasn't able to uh, be here. Uh, I had some very important business that I had to attend to. But, uh, you know, I love that camera there. Because while you guys are doing your stuff, I, I was enjoying uh, via uh, whatever, was, was that live streaming? It's not Skype, it's live streaming, right? Yeah, live streaming. And that's one of the things that we're going to really explode once we get to the other side. Because we put in heavy-duty wires, so we're going to go premium on that. Once we get to the other side and do live streaming, and then we're going to hook it up to cable TV. So in case there's major conferences around the United States, we won't have to travel to Chicago or to... Or to uh, Pennsylvania or to California or to Africa, if it were, we could get it and pr pay premium and actually sit down while they're having it. At the same time, we can be here seeing it on the screen. Amen. Praise God. I like oh, that. Yeah. And I've always wanted to do that here, but it's not our place. There's special wiring that goes with that and a whole lot of other good stuff which we're doing over there. Praise God. All right. Psalms 23, verse 1 and 2 says, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall have not need for anything. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Amen. Now let's go to John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out. And he said this, If anybody thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And the Bible is speaking about the Holy Spirit that, would, that was there with them in presence that would later on be there within them. Praise God. So today I want to talk a couple of minutes about this thing about lying down in green pastures. And also I want to touch about the still waters. Amen. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, this precious day. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. So, Father, I pray that you uh, continue to minister to us through this amazing, amazing psalm, Lord God. Uh, dear Holy Spirit, you preach, you teach, think through my mind, speak through my lips, and Lord, we'll give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise, and the thanks, because you are awesome, and we are grateful for all that you do for us, and all that you have done, and all that you will continue to do. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, we already established that the Lord is our shepherd. We already established that that verse or those series of verses was from a man who was a shepherd. So he understood shepherds. Amen. And the emphasis was not on David. The emphasis was on the Lord. Yes. See, it, many people think that the world revolves around them. Everything happens. Uh, it must happen because of them and for them. And, or if not, they get frustrated. And it's amazing how many New, New Yorkers fit that category. Things that happen, oh man, oh, always, always happening. Excuse me, you're not the center of the universe. You're just a traveler. You come here, you're living, and then later on you'll just be a legacy. So while you're here, enjoy it as best as you can. Things are going to happen, get over it. Amen. And learn skills to, you know, overcome it. Amen. And better yet, get filled with the Holy Ghost. Get filled with God's Word. That you become an overcomer in every circumstance and situation. Because many times life is not fair. 
And we think that life has to be fair. When we were kids, we always said, Ma, it's not fair, you know? You know, in Spanish, the word fair almost sounds like feo. Feo in Spanish is English, or in English is ugly, right? So my wife, she used to tell her mom, Mom, that's not fair. And she would say, No, tú no eres fea, tú eres linda. She would say, You're not ugly, you're beautiful. So she would, and then of course the kids would get even more frustrated, and mom would laugh. So life is not fair. It really, really isn't. It, it hits you, uh, blindsides you. It comes at you from all different angles. And it's not what happens to you that counts. It's how you respond to life that counts. Uh, I, I, I saw a video the other day. I forgot who, which one of you sent it to me. It's about a gentleman who doesn't have any arms, no legs. Oh, yes. He just has a little stubby, almost like toe thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing because with that stubby little toe thing, he, he does internet, he writes... You know, he, he, he swims, he gets enough action to, to actually drive his body. Amazing! He preaches the gospel. He's making millions. He's written books. Just had a baby. Just had, just had a baby. Just had a baby. Married a beautiful, has a beautiful wife. And a mighty man of God. But yet, earlier on, he wanted to commit suicide until he caught his purpose. Yes, until he yes. realized, oh my God, I am more than this arm. I'm more than uh, this. Yes. I, I, I am I'm a human being called of God. I have a purpose. Amen. So it was amazing. And, and David, he had that purpose and he understood he was going to be a king. But he also realized, you know, the way I take care of the sheep, you take care of me. You are my shepherd and you lead me to something very ama amazing. Because as a shepherd, I know that I don't take my sheep just anywhere. I find specific places that are safe for the sheep, that have nice fresh green grass next to still waters. Uh, sheep cannot have bubbly waters or, or choppy waters because they get scared of that. Because mm -hmm. if water falls on them, on their wool, they get heavy and they fall. Yeah. And as soon as they fall, they start screaming, I have fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> no, actually, that's not what they say. They go, bah! You know, they, they just can't get up. They turn upside down and just stay like that. So they're afraid of choppy water. So the shepherd goes out in, on purpose and he prepares these scenarios for them. So by the time he takes them, uh, they already have everything they need. They go, they enjoy, they don't have to worry about a thing because shepherd is there. And David understood that because he did that for his own sheep, right? So a couple of thoughts. A gentleman by the name of Elmer Towns, he's an elder statesman. Uh, this man has been around in like 50 to 60 years preaching the gospel. He, around, now he's an elder statesman. He's around either late 70s, early 80s. He said, why do sheep like to lie down? It's an interesting question, why? All right. Why do sheep like to lie down? Simple, because it's natural. Yes. Sheep, when they walk with their shepherd all day and they've done the hard job of grazing, you know, it's not easy work. You're standing for hours. The natural tendency is to want to lay down and rest. I'm, I'm full. How many of you, after you eat, you, you want to go run a marathon, right? Everybody, right? <laughs> Absolutely. We all want to run a marathon, right? Not. No, you want to sit down. You want to lay down. You want to rest. You want some rest time. I hate it when I have to eat and run. I did that the other day. I had to scarf my food down and then run out the door. Meanwhile, yeah, I'm walking. I'm like, what's my rest time? I want some rest time. So the sheep, they lie down, and it's natural for them. People like to lie down. You know, it's amazing to me, because we leave the country, and we come to the city to make more money, right? And then we work hard, we make a lot of money, and then what we do? We take all the money and run away from the city in the weekend to get to the country so that we can rest. Isn't that, that's funny about humans. I find that to be very, very funny. 
But the Bible says that the Lord, He gives us rest. Why? Because we work hard. Yes. You know, these sheep, as they eat, they walk in all day long. They have to walk sometimes miles to get to the harvest fields. So shepherd understands that. He lets them rest. Number two, they want to sleep sometimes. But they won't sleep. Sheep are very funny animals because even though they can't defend themselves, they're still very sensitive. And they understand if there's a predator lurking around, they will not rest. They will, they'll stay standing. Their problem is when they get scared, they don't run many times. They just, they do like a deer in headlights. You know, but, but they're up there, they're, they're afraid. But if they look and the shepherd is there, they'll sit down. They'll lay down. They'll sleep because they know they're safe. Because they know that shepherd has, has his hook and crook, so to speak. You know, he has both the rod, you know, and he has a beautiful shepherd's rod. And then he has a piece of stick, uh, like last week you were talking about, that he's expertly trained to throw it at the wolf, to throw it at the animal, and, he, and he'll hit them. As for, they're, they're trained as children to take that rod yeah. and throw it yeah. with accuracy. And that thing will put a hurting on anybody they throw it at. Right? So sheep are comfortable. They'll be able to the rest. They stop working. They, they can rest in His presence. Praise God. And sometimes us, we as Christians, we're working all the time. We're going to, you know, making money all the time. We're, we're stressing about life all the time. No rest. Let me tell you something. This generation is one of the most stressed out generations I've ever met. And that includes many of you right here today. Some of you right here, you're not even listening to my message. You're thinking about the bills that you owe. You're thinking about this you got to do, then the other thing, the other thing, the other thing, the other thing, the other thing. Slow down. So I say it this way. I go radical and I say this. What if you die tomorrow? What's going to happen with all that stuff? Somebody said, in other words, it stayed right there. You understand? We need to reprioritize our life and do less and do it better. Another little secret I learned. The more I do, the worse outcomes I get. You know why? I get watered down. So I have to learn the magic word. Now, you guys know the magic word already. I taught you the magic word, right? What's the magic word? One, two, three. No. Exactly. You have to start learning how to say no to people or you say, no, I can't do that. No me da el tiempo. It doesn't, I don't have enough time for this. And you know what will happen? People get upset at you. They'll get offended at you. They'll let you know too. And I say, too bad. You know why too bad? Because, you know, what am I going to keep on doing? Running myself ragged? And then I'm in the hospital, or I'm dead, and, you know, they won't even come to my funeral, for crying out loud. They go, ay bendito, and that's it. Keep on walking. Sometimes I might not even get an ay bendito. So it's the shepherd that chooses the place where we can graze. But we're the ones that have to come to the table. In other words, shepherd will get you there. He'll get you to the nice grazing grass, the beautiful morning dew grass. He gets a combination of water, the nice green, the best vegetable, right? Then also he'll bring us to the water. But he won't take them by the nape of the neck and make them eat. And this is my issue with many of God's people. You guys will get here, and I appreciate that you're here. But this is not enough. You've got, to let, you've got to learn the Word of God for yourself. You've got to develop a prayer life for yourself. You've got to develop that relationship for yourself. You know, sometimes the sheep just want to rest. And you know what they do? They'll go close to the shepherd and sit down. So they could just go like that. There he is. There he is. You know, they, they want to be close to shepherd because they feel safe there. So many of us, we have so many things we do, we don't get close to shepherd. We don't have time. We, we got to pray. I don't have time. 
Got to read the Word. I don't have time. So then what are you doing with your time? Because you're doing something with it. And don't tell me you're too busy because you're not the President of the United States. The President of the United States will wake up in the morning, have his eggs, then have a briefing with uh, this, this cabinet member, then fly out to California and stump for the Democrats, then go to R Russia and, and talk to whoever he needs to talk there, then go to Cuba, and then go to here and go to there, and then in the nighttime he goes to sleep. What did you do during the day? It's a problem of bad time management. I got no amens. Because see, now I'm meddling. And the truth of the matter is we have bad time management. We don't manage our time properly. And as a Christian, we need to prioritize. The word has to be in there. I'm talking about point one, A. Not point ten, Z. We have to put them first. You know why we have to put them first? Because we're married to them. See, when, when, when God comes into relationship with you, when you receive Jesus, what you're actually doing is you're becoming part of his family. You become not only a child of God, but you also become the bride of Christ. And anyone that God comes into covenant with, he gives his all. You see that in Jesus on the cross. He gave his all. I said this a couple of months ago. I said, God does not shack up with anybody. That's right. In other words, he's not a one-nighter. God's a covenant God. Covenant. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we, let me ask you a question. How many of you are married here? Just raise your hands. Okay. So, right, you're married, right? So your spouse, does your spouse allow you to be hanging out with other? No. Just freely? <laughs> Why? No, but you're an adult. You can do whatever you please. No, because when you marry, you came into a voluntary covenant. And get ready for that, sir. When you get married, that's it. Thing going to change. Your life is over as you know it. No, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> you think you're big and bad now, huh? Wait till you get married. <laughs> You'll make the money and guess who's going to take it right out of your hands. And you better do it with a smile, too. <laughs> That's all right. All right, what, what, what? What, what, huh? Okay. All right, no. I'm, just, I'm just joking, you know. I'm just joking. <laughs> Praise God. So... He doesn't lead you. We are the ones that have to listen. We're the ones that have to read. We're the ones that have to study. We're the ones that have to memorize. We're the ones that have to meditate. Meditate on the word each and every day. It's, that's very vital. See, you need to word, meditate in God's word the same way we need to take vitamin C. Vitamin C is almost like a doorman. Why? Okay, because the doorman will let people in or he won't let people in. You understand? He decides. And if it's an intruder, he won't let people in. Vitamin C is uh, very important to our bodies because it helps our immune system, and our immune system is what fights out the, the intruders, right? So vitamin C is important. So the Word of God to us is like vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin K, all of them put together. That's the one that helps us. When, when the enemy wants to come in and, and bring destructive thoughts, the Word of God immediately rises up a banner in us. It's a note the Word says. We do like Jesus did. When, when the enemy uh, challenged them, right? He challenged them three times. Uh, he says, no, no, no. You shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's, that's where, where I am. He, he was filled with the word of God. Amen. Praise God. So we're the ones that have to make sure that we go and eat. Number two, why does he lead us by still waters? The word lead suggests this. It suggests that he's not pushing us. 
It suggests that he's not driving us, yes. right? He's leading us gently. It, it, he's not forcing us. Yes. He went first and got rid of the danger, yes. right? He's not pointing. He said, it's over there. He's taking us. Yes. He is leading us, right? Amen. Amen. So what does water do for us? Why is it mentioning so much water? Well, water keeps us alive. Simple yes. as that. A well of water springing up into everlasting life, John 4:14. 4, so we need water. How many just love water? Yeah. Yeah, I have people, I speak to people, and some say, I hate water. Excuse me, you'll be dead without water. How do you do it? Oh, I drink soda all day. Yeah, yeah, some people have told me that. They drink soda. There's water in soda. That, that, that's what some people have told me. I have found out that soda is one of our worst enemies ever. That is almost a guarantee for diabetes in the future. Get away from soda. I can't. Yeah, I know. We're addicted to sugar. You can do it, though. I've I've, I've been able to actually train my tongue not to want soda anymore. But it it came out of revelation. I realized, oh, my God. Just do a little study on soda, what it can do to you. And you'll realize it's not a good thing. But water is great. It keeps us alive. It refreshes. You can enjoy it. We can go to the beach and swim. It cleanses us. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Okay, so it's interesting because it says in Psalms 1-3 that the righteous man, the righteous woman, is like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Yes. Who brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. John 4, I mentioned it before. Jesus answered her and he said this, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. That regular, yes. uh, regular water. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. The water that I shall give him shall become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. So what is water in scripture? The word of God, his Holy Spirit, it is life. So what does water do? Water plays a crucial role in the processes of our body where it's used to transport food materials and other nutrients to the body cells of all living organisms. Water literally forms 90% of the world's total mass. 90% of the world is all water. And we're water beings. Everything we eat is water-based. Everything in the ocean, water-based. You're going to have some dinner this afternoon? I bet you that thing you're going to eat drank water. Water. Your body uses water for virtually all the functions, for digestion, absorption, circulation, excretion, transporting nutrients, building tissue, maintaining constant body temperature. Water is not just something nice. Water is life. Amen. Almost all of the, world, uh, the body's living cells need and depend on water to perform their functions. Water carries nutritive elements to the cells and carries away waste materials and salts to the kidneys. And then the kidney, of course, evacuates the things that are unwanted. Um, unwanted rather. So the Word of God, when it comes into us, it's nutritional. The Word of God, when it comes into us, will circulate all the good stuff and get rid of all the bad stuff. Because let me tell you, we have a lot of bad stuff in our minds. In our souls, we've been impacted, we've been hurt, we've been wounded, we've been offended. 
Things have happened to us in the past. And all that stuff is circulating inside of us. But when the word of God comes in, something happens. God begins a cleansing process in you where he starts cleansing us out of all those toxins, all of these issues, all of these thoughts, all these problems, all these past failures that have stopped us. You know, if your body, for whatever reason, if the water uh, cannot flow, and the, your, your blood is mostly water, by the way, and your, your, your blood constantly flows in your body, bringing necessary nutrients to the body. But if that stops in any way, shape, or form, immediately you begin to die. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So my question is, if we're not enjoying the water of the Word, if we're not f being filled with the Spirit on a continual basis, what does that do? We begin to die. Amen, amen. We stop uh, 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 desiring Almighty God. We start going back to our past. You see? So when we don't drink enough water, it impacts our body in, in many ways, our, the, the function of the body. W water even serves as an important con constituent of lubricants, keeping cushioning the joints, internal organs. Yes. That's right. So we can't even move without pain unless we're filled with water. So that means if I move in my journey with Almighty God, I'm being lubricated from the pain of life. Right? But if I don't have the Word, then what's to protect me from all the pain of life? Because life is painful. My joints start hurting if I don't drink enough water. Even babies, when they're being formed in the mother's womb, what are they protected with? Water. The amniotic fluid is mostly water. Water is needed in each step of the digestive process, converting food into energy and tissue. In the same way, when we receive the Word of God and we eat of it and we meditate on it, it gives us a strength we didn't have before. So how do Christians function? How are they overcoming if they never have the Word of God inside of them? If they never study it or they never meditate on it? My God. Digestive secretions are mostly water acting as a solvent for, a solvent for nutrients. Mm. In effect, water softens, dilutes, and liquefies food in order to facilitate digestion. Amen. So for me to digest things of life, issues, circumstances, I have to have the Word of God there softening the blow. Yeah. Or making it more palatable for me, or making, it, uh, making me more able to be able to deal with these issues of life. Right. It moves as blood around all your body. Most of your blood is water. And water is also lymph, in lymph, uh, the lymph liquid which travels around your body. Blood and lymph are the main ways your body gets food and oxygen to your cells. And the way wastes get taken away. This is also a very important job for water. Water takes away all the wastes. They're also part of your immune system. Yes. So the, wa the, the, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit immunize me from the attacks of the enemy. Amen. 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 See, because one thing Jesus never said, He never said that you won't be attacked. When you come to Jesus, hallelujah, never, never are you once again going to have any problems. You're never going to have any pain. God's going to bring you to the land of plenty, and you're going to be happy every day of your life. Amen. Can somebody say amen? I wouldn't say amen to that, because that's not what the Lord says. And preachers who preach that stuff, you know, they ought to be sat down for a very long time, and retrained, and slapped upside the head. Because that's nonsense. You're going to go through difficulties, circumstances, situations. You need the Word of God. You need the Spirit of God to, to almost, as it were, insulate you. 
yes. from these things and to strengthen you on the inside. Yes. Praise God. Amen. 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 All the stuff the body doesn't need has to get out of the body somehow. And the water helps that. We also need water to keep our body temperature at 98.6. And that's a constant. See, I love my walk with God because it's constant. And, you know, and God wants us to be constant in Him. Constantly hot for Him. Amen. Constantly on fire for Him. Amen. You know, what, what is this that one day you're hot and the other day you're cold? That's the same thing of a, of a person that has a fever one day and he's chilling the next day. And I'm not talking about chilling at home. You're, you're like, you're almost dying because you're too cold and you're too hot. You're an aberration. That's not normal. That's right. Anybody that's going through that, the doctor will say, you know, you, 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 let me take you right to emergency care. That's Because right. your, your body temperature should be constant. Amen. Actually, if it deviates, what is it, like five degrees? Miss Nurse, five degrees, if it goes too high, what happens? Yeah, you get sick, any, you can get sick, you die, you can die if it goes up to, a, people who get to 104, I mean, you're seizures. That's only six degrees, though. But you almost, you're having seizures at that, at that temperature? At 104? And what about if you go to 86.2? Oh, no. That's also a horrible situation. Doctors will jump. They'll stop what they're doing to try to stabilize you because you're meant to be constant. Right. It's impossible. It's not protecting itself. It's not protecting itself. So if in the natural, water keeps one constant, why are Christians so inconstant? Oh! Why are we 86 degrees one day, 104 the next? It's because you're not drinking enough water. That's right. You're not being filled with the Spirit of God. You're not studying the Word every day. That's why your life is inconsistent. And that's why you're complaining to God, oh God, I don't know why, why, why. I'm telling you why. Yes. It's because we're lazy. Because amen. Amen. Deacon, you say it again? Lazy. Uh, thank you, sir. I love his voice. He's got that radio voice. Yeah. But then what happens when, when you're, you're 104 degrees? What, what is it that you do? Let's say you are 104 degrees right now. What would you do? <laughs> Pray. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're right, yeah. And then, then what you would do? You go to the hospital. Because you're sick. You need help. And what would the doctor do? He will stabilize you once again by making you drink plenty of fluids. And then, of course, he gives you a medicine and then, and then, then your, your, your temperature will go up again to 104 when he gives you the bill. <laughs> Saliva or spit, mostly water. We know when we need more water because our mouth feels dry. And your mouth is the way you communicate. Your mouth is the way you make money. Yes. The mouth is the way you share your thoughts and Amen. your dreams Amen. and your hopes Amen. and desires. That's how you're understood. Without it, you would have to learn another way to communicate. You see, and when you don't have enough of the word, what's going to come out of your mouth? Amen. 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 That's right. Hallelujah. Baba. Baba. In layman's terms, Mucha baba. A lot of baba. Yeah, praise God. A lot of babble. Exactly. Exactly right. 
So, and also the last thing about water, all your insides are smooth and slippery so that everything can run around all your body systems without getting stuck. That's right. Amen. That's right. So you mean to tell me if I don't have enough water, I get stuck? Yes. Yes. Joints. I was going to go there. I was going to go there, but you beat me. And if you drink, and you, you, you're dehydrated. Right. But if you don't have enough water, you know what happens? You can't evacuate. Exactly. And that's the, that's, that is the beginnings of dying. Anybody here have, ever have a problem not being able to evacuate? They're, they're looking, they're going, what's that? It's called constipation. In the na- <laughs> Listen, I, I'm just saying, water. No, no, listen. That is one of the most dangerous things because you are keeping toxins in your body that are meant to be released from the body. But because you don't have enough water, you're in a position where you could get very, very sick and even die. So spiritually, if we don't have enough water, we can become spiritually... We, there's nothing to move. Well, let me, let me put it to you this way. If you have, if this is empty, right? If this is empty, there's a lot of air in it. How do you get the air out? You can't suck it out. No, even if I squeeze it, more air will come in this place. The air that's gone, another air, more air will come in through, through it. Exactly right. Filled with water. And this is the problem. God's people are empty of water. So in, when, wherever there's a void, nature always seeks to fill it. And the fallen nature always seeks to fill it with fallen nature stuff. So the only way, you gotta, you gotta, somebody's got to Twitter that thing. Come on, come on. At least a Facebook. Come on. That's a, come on. You know that's worthy of a Facebook mention, all right? So you guys that do the Facebook thing, I see at least 10 of you with, with phones in your hands. And I know it's not that you're reading emails. I know you're Twittering this and you're Facebooking this stuff. All right. But think about it. If I fill this up with water, is there any space for air? If I fill my life, my heart, my spirit man with the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit, will there be any space for nonsense, for junk? Enough said. Hallelujah. In Oklahoma, somebody wrote this on a poster, and they were promoting a Red Cross blood drive. I gave my blood, Christ gave his. I gave a pint, he gave it all. The needle that they used on me was small and sharp, but the nails they used on him were large and dull. The table that they used for me was soft and restful. The cross was rough and painful. The nurses for me were kind and gentle, but the soldiers for Jesus were cruel and mean. The crowd applauds my sacrifice, but they that, they that passed by Jesus reviled him. Mine, mine is O positive, but his is positively for all. Mine at best will prolong a life for a while, but his without doubt can save all forever. Hallelujah. Amen. So in conclusion... And somebody say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you very much. Don't emphasize the point too much, okay? <laughs> Jeremiah 2.13 says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, 
and they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So God challenges us. You're sinning against me when you reject my water, when you reject the very thing that I sent to give you life. I, as the great shepherd, know you need fields of pasture. I, the great shepherd, have prepared it for you. I have brought you to a place where, where there's clean water. I've prepped it for you. And you will not go and drink. You will not go and eat. And that's a sin because sin, the word sin, is missing the mark. That's what sin is. When you miss the mark of your purpose. He doesn't want to hurt you. He's trying to bless you. You see, many people don't understand because they look at Hollywood. And Hollywood uses the word sin differently than what we do. See, the, the original intent of sin is when you miss your purpose and you go in other ways and other tangents that were not made for you. You were created in such a way where you excel one way, but you will not excel in other ways. And when we miss God's mark, we start doing things. We start testing things that really are no good for us. When we don't know who we are, when we don't know what our purpose is, we'll try stuff because we're trying to find ourselves. You find yourself in your maker. You find yourself in your creator. The one who created you knows why he created you. You understand? Hollywood did not create you. Hollywood is trying to redefine the Word of God. And they're doing a lousy job of representing the Word of God. Let me tell you right now. And there are many people, more and more, and, and the more ignorant they are, the more crazy they're, they're going. You know, and doing things to the human body which the body was never intended to do. And, 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 and eating stuff, eating grass that's absolute poison. And drinking waters that are poisoned, from cisterns that are poisoned. Mm. Yeah. Amen, amen. My spirit man is trained, and when I see something, when I hear people talk, I listen from the context of the Word of God. Amen. And if it comes from cisterns that are broken, or, or, or cisterns that are, that are teaching something else that's not the Word of God, I'm able to say, okay, this is not God, this is not His purpose, I'm not going to embrace that for my life. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. You understand? So you need to be very careful in this day. Revelation twenty two seventeen says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let those who hear say, Come. And let him who thirsts, Come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. God is the spring of living water. He's the only source of life, refreshment, and nourishment for us. He is always fresh. He is always new. And he always has a, a, a fresh spring so that we could drink from and receive life and be satisfied. Yes. 